0: They came at sunset to my temple door, torches burning. The fire they carried was thin against the scarlet west, and picked the bronze lines of their helmets out in gold. The last of the devoted scattered before them, as the shield-hearted men climbed the thin path along the curve of the hill, piling the scent of jasmine and evening rose with the heaving of their really rather lovely contoured chests. Such a fanfare of oiled arm and curving leg could not help but be noticed from a valley away, and so it was that my priestess, Fair Xanthippe, was waiting for them at the top of the three rough steps that rose to the columned portico. Her hair was set high above her face, her gown low about her bosom. She had sent one of the younger girls to grab a bunch of yellow flowers from the shrine that she might hold in her arms as a mother could coddle her babe, But alas, the girl was slow on her feet, and did not make it back in time to complete the pleasing image, and instead had to huddle at the back of the priestly assemblage, gripping her petals between twisting fingers, as if there were a scorpion in the bouquet. Welcome, fair travelers! Xanthippe called, when the first men of the approaching column were within reach of her low voice. It is not acceptable to ask a lady her age, but she had grown well into her beauty glaring the lines about her eyes with mirth, a twist about her smile and a flash of her fragrant wrist as though to say, I may not be young, but what merry tricks have I learned? Yet the approaching men did not return her courtesy, but instead lined up in a half circle a few paces from where the women stood, encasing the mouth of the temple as if it might belch snakes. Below, to the west, the last of the setting day pricked pink and gold off the thin, waiting sea. The town that rested beneath the shadow of my altar was crowned with gulls, and the bright banners stretched from column to pine about my temple twitched and strained against their string. Then, with no word spoken, the men in bronze, helmets upon their brows and hands upon their swords, moved towards the women. I was having a bath at the time, in my lofty Olympian bower, enjoying the nectar pooled in my belly button, but the instant their heavy sandals slapped upon the sacred timbers of my sacred temple below, I raised my eyes from contemplation of my fairer parts, and bade my naiads cease their cavorting, which they did with some reluctance, and turned my gaze to earth. In credit to her priestliness, Xanthippe immediately stepped forward, to block the passage of the nearest man, her nose coming up to a little below the round lip of his breastplate, her smile giving way to something tinged, almost with disappointment. Good travelers, she proclaimed. If you have come here to give thanks to the bountiful goddess Aphrodite, then you are welcome. But we do not profane her shrine with weapons, nor offer anything in her name, save with the greatest piety, friendship, and delight. The soldier who led this group, a man of notched chin and significant thigh, that under normal circumstances I'd find really quite enthralling, considered this a moment. Then he laid his hand upon my priestess's shoulder and shoved her. He actually shoved my priestess upon my sacred hearth. So hard she lost her footing and half fell, caught by one of the waiting women before she could tumble entirely. Golden nectar splashed around the lip of the bath, spilling in shimmering pools about the white marble floor, as I sat upright, the bones of my long silken hand standing out white. I cursed the soldier, who so dared touch my devoted one, barely noticing what I did. He would love, and he would bind his heart to passion, and when he had given his all, then he would be betrayed. And then, genital disfigurement, One does not cross Aphrodite without some thoroughly explicit consequences. When the next man crossed the threshold of my shrine, and the next, oblivious to the sacred rites and duties owed to me, I bade the earth tremble a little beneath their feet, and lo, it was so, for though I am no earth-shaker, the soil beneath my worshippers knows better than to resist the will of even the loveliest of the gods. Yet these fools continued on, and when all men had crossed and were looking round the inner sanctum of my temple, as one might inspect a sheep at market. I raised my fingers, still pouring golden fluid, and prepared to smite them with doom unnameable, heartbreak perpetual, with broken soul and broken body so vile that even Hera, who has a knack for the grotesque, might turn her face away.